0: Welcome to the Reads with Jesus podcast. 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. You forgot your daily Bible reading. Today, beginning our look at the prophet Hosea. Hosea chapter 1. The word of the Lord that came to Hosea, son of Be'eri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, the kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, son of Joash, the king of Israel. When the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take for yourself an immoral wife and children produced by sexual immorality, because the land has been committing flagrant immorality, turning away from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, daughter of Diblaim. She conceived and gave birth to a son for him. The Lord said to him, Name him Jezreel. Because in a little while I will inflict punishment on the house of Jehu for the blood of Jezreel. I will destroy the ruling power of the house of Israel. In that day I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. She conceived again and gave birth to a daughter. The Lord said to him, Name her Lo-Ruhamah, because I will no longer have compassion on the house of Israel. Indeed, I will certainly not forgive them. But I will have compassion on the house of Judah. I will save them by the Lord their God. I will not save them by bow, sword, battle, horses, or horsemen. Gomer weaned lo Ruhama, Then she conceived and gave birth to a son. The Lord said, Name him Lo-Ami, because you are not my people, and I will not be the Lord for you. Nevertheless, the number of the people of Israel will be like the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or counted. Then in the places where they were told, You are not my people, they will be told, You are children of the living God. The people of Judah and the people of Israel will be gathered together. They will appoint one head for themselves, and they will go out from the land, for the days of Jezreel will be great. This is the word of our God. As we get into Hosea chapter 1 here, some of the background history, um, at least bringing it to mind, would be helpful. You might recall that the nation of Israel was one unified one unified nation um, under the judges when they had worked so hard to drive out all the other enemies that had encroached upon their borders. And then Samuel was the last of the judges, and the people came to him and said, we would like a king. Give us a king, somebody that will make us like all the other nations, because all the other nations have kings, and all we have are prophets, and we follow God. We want a king. And Samuel warned them against it, but then God said, Well, they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me. And so God gave them King Saul. Saul deserted the Lord, and then the next king was King David. And King David did a lot to really pacify the area, to drive out the Philistines, and to bring peace for God's people. And Then David's son Solomon was on the throne, and Solomon um, kind of marks the high high water mark, so to speak, of the nation of Israel as a unified nation. The borders and boundaries had extended far beyond anything they had ever imagined, and fulfilled what God had promised, that their influence would extend from the sea, that is the Mediterranean Sea, all the way to the Tigris and the Euphrates River. And in the days of Solomon, you know, gold was as plentiful as silver, and silver was as plentiful as concrete in the streets. That's kind of the way it's described. And it's during those days of Solomon that the temple was built. And so, you know, calling to mind, you're thinking David is right around the year 1000. Um, Solomon is right around the year 900. Obviously, there's some overlap right there in between. But then Solomon's son, Rehoboam, was not as wise and as um, as understanding and as spiritually gifted as his son as his father Solomon had been. And so when Rehoboam takes the throne after Solomon passes away, then he he says to himself, Well, if you thought life was difficult under my father Solomon, just wait, I'm gonna be twice the man that he was. And the nation of Israel rebels. The ten northern tribes break off into the kingdom of Israel, the two southern tribes break off into the kingdom of Judah, and then that ten northern tribe kingdom of Israel never again really comes under the influence of a godly king. And really from the start the first king of the northern kingdom of Israel, builds two shrines, one at the northern border and one at the southern border, so that the people of Israel would not have to exit his country in order to worship. And it's not a good idea, because it doesn't end well. And so that was, you know, right around, I don't know, 850, 875. Um, And now here we are, roughly 100 to 150 years after the split between the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, we've got the prophet Hosea. Hosea lived and worked during the impressive time of King Jeroboam II, and this was a time of of opulence and apparent world success the early to mid 700s BC. So you're thinking Jeroboam II lived during 783 to about 743 BC and Hosea is right smack dab in the middle of that. And the interesting thing about the prophet Hosea is that Hosea's life really provides a picture for God's love for his people and the people's rejecting of God's love. Um, from the very beginning in chapter one and the The story is going to continue into chapter 2 and chapter 3. God tells Hosea to marry an immoral woman, marry a prostitute for a wife. And the relationship between Hosea and Gomer is going to be emblematic of the relationship between God and his people. As Second Kings chapter 17 puts it, they went after false idols and they became false. They rejected God's decrees and the covenant he had made with their fathers and the warnings that he had given to them. They followed worthless idols and themselves became worthless. They imitated the nations around them, although the Lord had ordered them, do not do as they do, and they did the things the Lord had forbidden them to do. That is from Second Kings chapter seventeen, verse fifteen, um, and that's kind of picked up in the Concordia self study commentary by Werner Franzman. And that phrase, that statement, they went after false idols, and they became false. The people had deserted the Lord for Baal. Or they went limping on with two different opinions, as in the days of Elijah. You think of Elijah and the showdown with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, and that was really worse because as they worshipped their Baal and they and they went through the motions of worshiping the the Lord, they could lull their conscience with the idea that they were still worshiping the Lord, although in a modified form, when they paid their devotion and their worship to the calves of Samaria and Dan, and then they Baalized their own worship of the Lord. And it's because of this that the Lord was very angry with Israel, as the book of 2 Kings chapter 17 tells us, And here in Hosea, especially when we get out to chapter 13, we have some of the most vivid and intense um, statements of law that we have in the entire Old Testament. But the most distinctive note of Hosea is that he lives out this portrayal of the God who loves when all possibility of loving has rightly ceased. The God who loves again when we get to chapter 3. The God who forgives the unforgivable. The husband who takes back the the cheating wife and forgives her. Um, that's chapters 1, 2, and 3. The father whose heart recoils within him, whose compassion grows warm and tender for the wayward child. The healer who hurts in order to restore with compassionate skill and with a love that does not die. Because it is the love of God and not the love of man. It's completely natural that Jesus would again then quote from the prophet Hosea when he gets to Matthew chapter 9, when Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but a sick, but the sick, but go and learn what this means, and then he quotes from the prophet Hosea, from Hosea chapter six, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. And so there's a bit, a little bit more context there, especially when we get to Hosea chapter six, we'll make sure to talk about Matthew chapter nine and what exactly Jesus is saying there. But the vivid portrayal that we have here in the prophet Hosea is of a love beyond understanding God's love, which loves, even when it looks for all possibility and all rightful, all rightful claim for love have ceased a love that loves a world in open revolt even as that world loves the satanic lie that they don't need a savior. And it is this love, this love of the one true God, who will portray for us the even greater, more intense love of our savior, who willingly died on the cross, a love beyond love, Thanks so much for joining us here at the Raised With Jesus podcast. Tomorrow we'll get into Hosea chapter 2. And Hosea chapter 1, 2, and 3 kind of work together as a unit because we've got the full discussion of Hosea and Gomer and the children and their names and what this all means, especially as they play out in Hosea's life. And I want to thank you for listening to us here at the Raised With Jesus podcast. I know you have lots of listening options, um, especially when you're talking about podcasts and audiobooks and YouTube and the like but I'm glad that you've taken 10 minutes today to spend with us and talk about Hosea and some of the background. God bless your day.